This is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. On today's show, we talk about the debacle of the game between the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants. And we talk about the awesome firing of Mike Shanahan and his son, Kyle Shanahan, and other coaches that should have been fired long ago, like Ken Burns. And we talk about the new coach and much, much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. What's happening? Uh, yo, 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 yo. What's that? What's up? Excellent. Welcome to Harry Hog Football, episode number 352, in which John sows his oats. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That just popped into my mind. <laughs> In which Paul sows his oats. Oh, that's where it came from. That's In which Paul from. sows his oats. Paul and from, from Let It Be, the album. Not oh, the right, right. It came right. from somewhere inside this crazy <laughs> mind. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, fish and chips. Raw, 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 raw. Speaking of, dudes, if you haven't been out to Las Vegas to see that Circus Soleil show, Love, Beatles show. Oh, I want to see that. Was it yeah. good? Yeah, it's awesome. You got to go see it. I saw oh, a Cirque du Soleil like special on Netflix that looked like it had some stuff from that show in it because it was all Beatles songs. Dude, you I can saw watch- the Dog Whisperer, and he was talking to someone who had a bad dog that was in that show. Really? He actually. It, <laughs> the episode was all people from Cirque du Soleil shows <laughs> with with crappy dogs that live in Vegas. And dogs are like flying around in their houses <laughs> on trapezes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, this Cirque du Soleil people amaze me. I've only seen them on like you know videos, but all right, y'all. Well, look, I keep trying to get you to go to Vegas with me. They're phenomenal. No, They're you get. I saw O the show O, which was oh, just yeah. unbelievable. They have the stage has sections that go up and down, and when the sections go down to the the the, the they lower down. And they fill up with water, and people yeah. will like dive off these high dive things, and you know, oh, yeah. go down into the water, and then they come back up like minutes later, it's and they super... actually have crew down there in scuba gear, and they go down. The the performers dive in, and they swim up to the crew people, or vice versa, and they have like scuba gear for themselves. The crew people do, and they have a mouthpiece for the performers, so they just hang right. out down there. And they're like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Man. Crazy. Then they get the bends and they come back up and do some <laughs> the bends. <laughs> yeah, they do some wild stuff. It's pretty amazing. Speaking of, it's pretty it's amazing. Been bit, it's been a bit of a circus in Washington. Over the past it's been a bit of a circus since we did our last podcast. Oh, nice a- segue, Josh. You know what I'm saying? You like that? Solid. This is a Redskins podcast that we started off talking about Cirque du Soleil. That's you true. won't hear that on ESPN. <laughs> Or ESPN 980, home of the Washington Redskins. In case you hadn't realized it, because we're all nonchalant about it, this week's podcast is brought to you by Cirque du Soleil, the Beatles love. (laughs) Only playing now in Las Vegas. Because you get out there and see it. And by Desmond C. Lee. You can follow him on Twitter, at Desmond C. Lee, too, because... And by Devin in North Carolina. Yes, sir. That's right. Thanks to this this week's uh, this week's benevolent sponsor, Devin in North Carolina, Go Spartans. And Um, Devin in North Carolina's sponsorship was specifically earmarked to move (laughs) Harry Hog football from the Dallas servers to servers in Washington D.C., which Josh is currently working on. We are removing, we were removing our remote server from Dallas, which is where it was just was arbitrarily through our through boo, our service to an actual to server that we will choose in Washington D.C. Yes, sir. There you and go. Of course, thank you, Devin. And thanks, thank you, Devin. And thanks to our, our longtime benevolent sponsor, Desmond C. Lee, massive Redskins fans. You can follow him on Twitter at Desmond C. Lee too. 
get all of his uh, thoughts about, uh, well, I guess we could get Anything. his thoughts on the loss to the G-Men, whatever. We can just move on to Shanahan getting Just like we had expected, the saboteur has Mike been Shanahan, cut. Shanahan, Shanny the Elder, old glass eye is gone. Kyle cut. Shanahan, cut. cut. Both of them. The whole Shanna plan is gone. Well, I guess the entire Shanna plan is not gone. Ken Burns? Ken Burns? Cut. Cut. <laughs> Man, uh, I bet Shanahan didn't even give him a ride to the airport. Chris, don't call me Captain Morgan. Cut. We didn't even know cut. who he was, but he's cut. Yep. Bobby Turner, the running backs coach. Just today. Cut. And who's the other dude that's cut today? Hightower. Rich. <laughs> Tim Hightower. Hightower from Dick Hightower, the defensive backs coach. <laughs> Dick Hightower, the dude from Police Academy. Guy from Police Academy, cut. <laughs> do we have any other cuts cut, to cut, report? Cut, cut, cut. No, but we do have some signings to report. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we do. Dudes, we totally got a Gruden. That's Gruden right. signed with the Redskins. He's the new Redskins coach. We got a Gruden. Chucky, That's just right. like Josh thought, John thought, Chucky has signed. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not Chucky. What? <laughs> nope. It's Chicky. I thought this it was Chucky. Week, this past week, it's Chucky. What are you talking about? I think it's Husky. John Gruden. It's, husky. It's not, it's it's not, not Chucky. It's Husky. <laughs> husky. Jay Gruden. This, it's like, this, in case you guys were in the dark, Jay Leno. This past week, the Redskins hired former Bengals offensive coordinator. Jay and Gruden. Arena League Football Hall of Famer, Jay Gruden. I think he right. played for the like Barcelona like Dragons. Price is right. Price is right music they signed right there. him. They signed him to a five-year, $250,000 contract. (laughs) (laughs) What was the contract for real? For those of you that can't do math, that's a desk job salary, essentially. Five years, two hundred and fifty. That's like... uh, No, it's not. About what I made. The terms have not been disclosed yet. They'll come out eventually. $50,000 a year to coach the Redskins. I'd take $50,000 a year. I'd take twenty. To coach the Redskins. I'd take $20,000 to coach the Redskins. Dude, you can't even get out of bed in D.C. for $20,000. No, hold on. I'll rephrase it. As long as I had, like, my expenses paid for. Like, I'd need a house and a car and a gas car. Who are are you, the president? I would take $0 to coach the Redskins. I would take $0 a year to coach the Redskins as long as I had my expenses paid for. allowance from the gap. And, dude... Gap. Even Tyson's if I didn't former. have my expenses paid for, I could always like just sign like mini helmets and sell them on eBay for thirty bucks. <laughs> As the coach, you could go do appearances yeah. with Chris Cooley on like Wednesday at the Barnes and Noble, yeah, in Arlington for a few hundred and bucks. On Thursday, in like I don't know, uh, Tyson's at, Corner, at Tyson's Tyson's one. <laughs> Chris Cooley's got the new book coming out too. How I learned to date cheerleaders and wear tight pants. <laughs> and 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 tweet my wang to the entire world. It <laughs> <laughs> somehow land a respectable commentating job. Oh man. Next He's to Larry. A good job, though, I think. He has well, I guess. He has because man, when he would get interviewed when he was a player, he was a he was a hard interview to listen to a lot of times because he was weird. And and he's completely Changed his 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 persona as a uh, a professional now, which you know, good on him, good job. But anyway, we're not. And he has to deal with Larry. Man, oh God, and we definitely don't need to talk they about. They need Larry. to fire him this year, man. Dude, they by the him. way, we didn't even put that. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't even put this on the itinerary. Did you guys see what Frank Herzog said about Larry a couple of weeks ago? No. Oh yes, dude. We talked about it. 
We didn't say we anything about, about Larry. We no, he didn't say anything about Larry. You're right. He was talking about uh, he was well, he was talking about Snyder, wasn't he? Oh yeah, Snyder. You talked to he's, me about that. I didn't hear him say anything about Larry. No, he didn't say anything about Larry. I think he's already said his, his thing about Larry. What was it he said about Snyder? What was his his quote? He was he was a he called him a, a jock, jock sniffer. sniffer. A jock yeah, sniffer. we talked about that. Okay, yeah, okay. It's been a long time. We we I mean, I've been like out on the railroad tracks putting my head down, picking it back up, saying is it even worth it? Dude, uh, all I know is this week I ourselves back to the microphones after this hey, last season. Hey, I went All right, what? What? Dude, this week I have been like all in, like all undercover trying to get the local report on Jay Gruden. Arena League Football Hall of Famer. Oh, that's right, dudes. Aaron has been doing some deep, hardcore, undercover research down in Orlando, Florida. The hotbed of Jay Grudenism. You yeah. know what? Gruden Walt is from Aaron. Orlando, first of all. The Gruden. Is, is that where they're from? I don't know. Gruden? That's where some of his constituents that I talked to said he was from. I can't. I can't. Um, yeah. But dude, What's the word? Substantial. In Orlando, let's not forget, I was up here at NFL headquarters in Manhattan. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting in the West Village of New York City right now. I thought the headquarters was in like Canton, Ohio. It's in New York. <laughs> no, no, no. The Hall of Fame is completely uh, independent of any league. Oh yeah, they don't even claim to be the NFL think, Hall of Fame. Do you, do you think no. Roger Goodell is going to live in football. Canton, Ohio? <laughs> I don't to 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 paraphrase. Uh, I don't care where Roger Goodell is. UCLA Bruins football team. I don't give a rat's ass where Roger Goodell lives. <laughs> <laughs> the answer though is no. Anyway, as a matter of fact, the NFL headquarters is at three forty five Park Avenue, New York, New York, one zero one five four. Free, feel free, fans, to write Roger Goodell a love letter. At that address. Yes, but I've been dealing with Jay Grudenism, and I've been You've collecting been dealing with Jay Gruden. Uh, I've been collecting uh, quips all week from locals of Orlando who love love the Orlando Predators, <laughs> which means they love Jay Gruden. And what's not to love? I mean, look at the guy; he's like twice the size of John Gruden. John Gruden's a like skinny little guy that looks like he'd be one of those guys and when he was a kid he'd stink a lot yeah this one dude in white basin you know who else loves kind of like brad johnson remember the quarterback he kind of looked like that he would have been a stinky kid yeah can i tell you my story oh yeah go ahead sorry there's this one dude in white basin which is a soap store inside disney's grand floridian hotel and resort i thought it was a town and spa i figured it was a town in the middle of uh (laughs) <laughs> no, white basin. It's a soap store, like a fancy soap <laughs> store. Anyway, I was again? A, white basin. Yeah, I was in there looking at some. And soap. it's in the south, really. Yeah, I was in the. I was in there looking <laughs> at some soap, and um, this dude walked in with his wife, who was really looking at soap, kind of like my wife was looking at soap, and I was just kind of there, and he was uh-huh. just kind of there, and he saw my redskin shirt. He was like, "Man." <laughs> what do you think about Jay Gruden signing? And I was like, I don't know. It's got to be better than Shanahan. And he was like, True, man, you guys are getting a good one there. He's an Orlando boy. Coach the Predators. He's a good Orlando coach. Boy. He was like all about Jay Gruden, dude. Like he's finally getting his chance to prove himself because he's gonna be good. Is what he was saying. Well, the the kind of view on him in his short time in the NFL as an offensive coordinator up in Cincinnati, well, number one, he was on a team that has to deal with a crappy owner, so he's got that in his pocket. Number two... Check. He can deal with a crappy owner. Yep. Number two, he had a... I I don't want to doubt him too much. I don't want to doubt... Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, the Ginger Ninja is not a terrible quarterback. Middle-of-the-road quarterback? Middle-of-the-road quarterback. I, I don't know. Would you put him ahead... Or behind RG one, I'd put him ahead of RG one. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I'd put him about along the lines of Sam Bradford. RG one took a team to the well. RG one was the quarterback of a team that went to the Super Bowl, though. So. But in any event, the people there's a, there's a consensus that he uh, 
he he took Andy Dalton to uh, as as far as he probably could as far as far as his skills are concerned. And took if you watch that last limit. playoff game, boy, he Dalton started off well, but boy, he he just oh he. If you can blame one player for losing that game for the Bengals, it was Dalton. Oh yeah, he sucked. Oh man, he was terrible. That first touchdown was great, and then after that, oh my god, what a terrible game. He took him to the limit. To took him to the limit. To the edge one more time. How do you guys feel about the signing of Jay Gruden? Seriously, let, let me. You know, dudes, I, hmm. I I'm trying to stay positive about it, thinking it could be a good thing. But then again, it could be just like that John Bon Jovi song. Here, let me play. It. Let me sing it for you. It's all the same. Only the names will change. <laughs> so basically, you feel kind of like me. You're just like, uh, whatever. We'll see what happens. It could be, yeah. Well, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, uh, does the Danny know which Gruden got signed? <laughs> John seriously <laughs> thought he, that that Dan Snyder he thought said, he signed John Gruden. I was like, Dan Snyder must have been like, we got Gruden, sweet, here's the check. Bruce Allen was like, we're going to sign Gruden, Dan. And he's like, awesome. How much? <laughs> he's like, Dan, do it. Dan, hey, Dan. Chucky, awesome. <laughs> he said, we're going to sign Jay Gruden and Danny. <laughs> Danny thought it was J. Period Gruden. <laughs> so, I'm kind of I mean, glad. Kinda... I'm happier that they're signing him instead of John Gruden because I didn't. Oh, think you John know, Gruden. Yeah, you was... know, I never wanted. I I don't want. I don't like Chucky. Although I would have been. It would have been nice to get him out of the damn booth for Monday Night Football, so you don't have to mute it every damn <laughs> Monday night. Good God. I do mute it every do Monday you think night. Think that he'll try He's to bring John Gruden as his coordinator. Hey, I thought that Jay Gruden was pretty funny in his um, interviews on ESPN. So the far. guy, the guy, you know, I keep talking about like a little bit of his size and his goofy demeanor and everything. He kind of he looks and kind of comes off as like a goofy John Candy, Chevy Chase like hybrid kind of guy. But apparently, that's his like mo. That's his shtick. That's how he is compared to like his like super intense Chucky brother. Although they said that Jay Gruden gets pretty intense on game day. Well, I'll tell you what, when I first heard it, I, you, know, you know, I said what I said about everything, and I was really kind of, it was, it was like a couple of days went by, and as those days went, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, I was like, God, we got Jay Gruden, we kept Jim Hazlitt on board, what the hell's going on over there, apparently he's still over there, and we're still going to keep a 3-4, which, uh, highly questionable, but. He could still he fire got, those dudes. He could. Because they, they they apparently fire two of those those two coaches we've never heard of today, but he got a ringing endorsement from one of the legendary figures in the history of the Redskins' golden years, and that would be General Manager Bobby Bethard. Bobby Bethard. Bobby. Bethard what do you have to say? Quote, I think it was a great <laughs> hire. A great emphasis on the word great. Higher. That's it. Yeah. That's all he said. He said a whole lot of other stuff. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you want to check it out, you can get online and read it. But he is he is really behind it. Basically, he says it's a lot like when they went and got Joe Gibbs when he was offensive coordinator in uh, San Diego with the Air Coriel offense, which a lot of people. I mean, that was just just before our time. Um, you know, I mean, we were like five and six when Air Coriel was like really cranking it out, but. It's you know there are people that are a little bit older than us that were big football people, football fans talk about that as one of the greatest offenses of all time. Even though they didn't win a Super Bowl, they still say it's one of the greatest offenses of all time. And yeah. they took the offensive coordinator no one had heard of really named Joe Gibbs and brought him in, <clears throat> and he went he went like zero and five, and then he and Theismann had that meeting at his house, and you know that ended up with a respectable record that year. It might have been like eight and eight or something like that. I can't remember. But, you know, they played it out, and, you know, three Super Bowl wins later. Yep. Best, best the golden years of the Redskins. So, you know, if Bobby Bethard, and don't get him confused with Charlie Casserly, overrated, Bobby Bethard says that he's a good hire, excuse me, a great emphasis on the word great hire, then that made me really change my thoughts. I was like, all right, he knows a whole hell of a lot more about football than I'll ever know. So if he thinks it's really a great hire, 
And I mean, it's not like you see Bobby Beathard get quoted in the paper or in the press very often. I mean, Charlie Casualty is always out there talking about how smart he is. Mm-hmm. Bobby Beathard, his heart doesn't need to go out there and talk about how smart oh, yeah. he is. Everyone knows how smart he is. All he has to do is go and knock his uh, three rings on the table. And just the fact that this dude, unlike Shanahan, has something to prove instead of like, I've won two Super Bowls, so you guys need to just believe what I say. Shanahan was a jerk, though. Man, oh. He has more incentive to do well. Um, yeah. I, <clears throat> man, sorry, dude. I I'm could go on voice. day and night talking about how much I hated Shanahan, and I thought that was bad. Who, you Kyle know, or Mike? I don't know how much. Mike Shanahan. I don't know how much Aaron was going to get into this about digging down deep, but Aaron, are you going to talk at all about Jay Gruden's past relationship with Bruce Allen? Um, I know that he worked with him at Tampa Bay. That's about True. as deep so, as I'm going. They go back and they've had just some the personal. <laughs> go on the tip. Let me just, just go a little. Tip. Let me go a little bit deeper than the tip here. Um, they go back and they've had some. Some they've had to have some tough talks yeah. in the past. So these yeah. aren't two guys that like barely know each other as acquaintances. They've as had tough fact, talks. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah. as a matter talks. of fact, yeah. in 2005, and not a lot of people are talking about this, yeah. but Jay Gruden was arrested and charged with a DUI. And <laughs> at that point, at that point in time, and the funny thing was. He um, he was with the the Predators at that time, where his his uh, really close friend and the Predators coach, Fran, pa- let me get this right, Tarkin. Pa- Fran Papasadero, had just died in a single car accident from being legally drunk. So John, so Jay Gruden goes out, and then he's arrested for a DUI after this. And basically, I have a quote here where Bruce Allen met with Jay Gruden and talked to him right after he was arrested. And he said, we talked a lot about individual responsibility. Allen said, we talked about being a part of a team, which he understood. Well, it's not the behavior you expect from a coach, whether a part-time or full-time, I'm not going to discuss publicly what we'll do as a club, as far as discipline. So there's already, there's already a relationship there from eight years ago where Bruce Allen had this conversation after this tough moment, maybe it was a learning moment in young Jay Gruden's career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, Bruce Allen knows the dude, so. Yeah. He obviously trusts him with the team. Yeah. I don't so, know. We'll see what happens. He's got to be better than Shanahan. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. And he's already said, which I kind of like. Like I really still do not understand this demonizing of RG three by the media recently. I, you know, it's it's what, it's what happens when you're a quarterback. When you're a quarterback, and you win, you get more praise than anyone else. And you're a quarterback, and, like, and you lose, you get more, more you know scrutiny and and blame than anybody. But else it's all like the, the media, though. Have you heard any fans like, man, RG three, man, I can't believe it. No, no, it, it's it's all it media is. driven. It's all crap. That yeah, it's like all these up. media. It's all these media outlets that really don't have anything to do with sports, but they want to report on something. So when they refer to RG three, they talk about him as like a diva and all this stuff. Yeah, it's like what has he done? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, except <laughs> show up and work and like cheer for his team. He gets benched and he doesn't complain. <clears throat> Whatever, dudes. RG three, if you're listening, it's a bunch of crap, dude. Fans don't care. You don't need to be worrying about all that. That's right, dude. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. Somebody's that... not going to sell any fewer $5 footlongs because of it. Jay Gruden was all <laughs> talking about how he wouldn't call plays that the quarterback wasn't comfortable with running, unlike Shanahan in that Seattle Seahawks game when dude, it came out I'm... that he was calling plays that he specifically told Griffin he would not call. I am very glad you just brought that up because I thought that was a very interesting and and, and joyous thing to read on uh, in the last couple of days in various press outlets. Basically, he said, yes, I will adjust what I call to the talent I have rather than being like, you have to play my way, even if you suck at doing it. Thank you. 
God. In other words, he sees what he has and then calls the plays to his strengths. Yeah, he uses the strengths of his team to his advantage. You know, the, the way you're, the way the great coaches do it. And adjust. You have to adjust. And, and he also what said that Shanahan was so freaking stupid about because well, he's stubborn, dude. That's what I was trying to get out in my opening comments. Yeah. Like yeah. Shanahan's like, I've won two Super Bowls, so we're going to do it this way because it works. Where this guy's like, I don't have all the answers, so we'll, uh, you know, call to the strengths of my players, and you know, if it doesn't work, we change it. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? That's like yeah. the kind of dudes that go in at halftime, like Joe Gibbs, and make adjustments. <clears throat> but once you get so stubborn, like Shanahan. Anyway. I was kind of encouraged by this dude. Like, he's got, you know, he's already pretty humble. Like, I don't know. We'll see what. (laughs) We'll coach him up. I thought his interview, I saw like one or two interviews while with him on ESPN while I was in Orlando. And the funniest, though, was, dude, that one woman from ESPN. And she was like, he was just got announced and he's all just been going around all the media outlets like interview after interview. And this woman asked him like three questions about RG three. And he's like, well, I haven't talked to him yet. You know, we'll, you know, we'll see about, I'll try to coach him up and, you know, have a good, you know, whatever. Cause he hasn't even talked to him. He's like, I'd like to talk to him, but I haven't had a chance. Cause I've been talking to you guys since I've accepted the job. <laughs> and she asked him another question, like, what did you think about this in RG3? And he's like, well, I don't know, because I just got here. <laughs> and then, like, the third question. <laughs> and then on the third question, she started to ask him another question about RG3, and his eyes got all big, like, he was like, oh, my, what is wrong with this woman? <laughs> <laughs> but then he just answered it normally, but you could see him like, oh, seriously. <laughs> I just want, I just want to have a coach that, when someone is being dumb like that in the press or they're like sitting there asking the same question, but they're phrasing it differently after they've said they're not going to answer it. And they're like, Oh, well, do you think RG three was wrong to say this? I'm not going to answer this. Well, when RG three, RG three said this, do you think that was wrong? And they'll be like, no, I said, I'm not going to answer that. So it's like, dude, did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> I want coaches just to be real. <laughs> They and call these press people out and be like, dude, quit asking them the same question over and over. I you're not they slick. Just, they know what you're doing. I, I think they should just start using the word dude. I would. Dude. Yeah, just, just use it. Seriously. All encompassing euphemism. Dude. 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 Seriously. Dude. 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 Come on, dude. Seriously. Dude. Dude. We're gonna try to win some ball games next year. I tell you, I tell you what. RG three apparently, apparently um, said that he was excited about getting to work with Jay Gruden and the dudes. Oh, you know what that means? That means that RG three hates all his receivers, and uh, he's he hates the hire. So we better start talking about <laughs> that in the press, everybody. And apparently, RG three finally went off on people about. Uh, on his Facebook page, but about basically cutting on him for doing commercials. And he was basically like, dudes, I did those commercials when we were, when we won the division. Yeah. No one complained about the commercials when we won the division. Yeah. And he's like, and then what else did he say? Oh yeah. And I've worn the sleeve on my arm for 10 years. He's like, I wear it because I think it's he. He basically it makes like, him feel I comfortable because I think it's cool. He said it makes him feel comfortable. Yeah, it's like it's it's my thing. I like it. It's like what do you say? It's like like Chet Baker. <laughs> Did he say that? I thought he said he something said, about Santana Moss wears gloves when it's not cold or something. Yeah, like no, he wears like a, a a hand a muff a hand muff uh, when it's not cold. And Chris Baker, otherwise known as Chet. Likes to dance around the locker room before the games, every game. You know, it's the he was just like it's just my thing. Everyone has a thing they do. Who cares? You guys, are, it's and he's it's exactly what it is. When you win, and he was like he was like an inordinate amount of praise, and when you lose, you get an inordinate amount of blame. And they're gonna find every little thing to nitpick and go off about, no matter it, it, just stupid stuff like that. What's with the sleeve? What's with your 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, he couldn't he take it say. anymore, and he had to say something. Like, seriously. I, I don't blame him. I don't, I don't either. blame him at all. And I love the fact, I did read through that, and I love the fact that he used the word we in capital letters a lot, as in we, as in a team, as in a team, as in a team. As in, basically, you guys have no idea what's going on in, in our locker room. Yeah, he's like, you know, he was basically like, you think him. I like going wherever to get groceries or something? And I forget. It's like, what I, I think said. you like, it's something like, do you think I like going to Walmart and getting yelled at by people and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, anyway, so anyway, um, what else do we have to talk about? Do we have anything else about, uh, Jay Gruden, the man, the myth, the Arena League legend. Mm. No, but he's in the Hall of Fame. He seems now. more like a dude than Shanahan. Which like he'll be fans? closer with the players. The it's, Arena League football. He Hall seems like he'll be able to relate with the players better. Oh, dudes! He also coached in the UFL, and that's where he knows Jim Haslett. Oh yeah, he worked for that. Jim Haslett. Now he's his boss. And yep. it's funny because there were only like two two teams, no, four teams in the UFL, and one of them was here in Virginia Beach, and they neither one of them coached this team. It was coached by another former Redskins coach, Marty Schottenheimer. <laughs> Didn't they coach the Tuskers? Sure. The Florida Tuskers. And it's interesting that he has worked. Raheem Morris actually fired Jay Gruden <laughs> when he was coach of Tampa. When he was the coach of Tampa, I read oh this. My. And Raheem Morris is still on the staff as of this moment, nine thirteen p.m. on the thirteenth of January, two thousand fourteen. And Jim Hazlitt was his boss for the on the Tuskers. <laughs> and I'd also Just point out. That the word on the street is that the quarterback's coach on the street. What's his name? Sean McVay yeah. is being um elevated to the offensive coordinator. Is did I read that correctly? There are there are rumors about that, but nothing has been uh announced officially. So we don't want we don't want to throw BR out there. And I don't know how I feel about the Hazlitt dude keeping his job because he sucks. Well, they did fire the defensive backs coach, but I mean, when you've got like I don't know, gums and gooms and buns and all those guys back there that and were just dudes wearing sucking and dudes wearing Doug Williams' number that we don't even know who he is. We don't even know who the hell was wearing number seventeen out there. I still don't know. <laughs> we thought it was Lance Lewis for a while. We did, but it wasn't. He was wearing some other number with a one, like eighteen. There was some dude that was playing for who was it last night for the for the San Francisco 49ers. You he told me he was 80. a defensive back wearing number 83. No, it was I said it, he was a defensive player. I didn't say a defensive back. He was like a he was like a defensive end playing 83 or wearing number 83. <laughs> you and sure was it like, wasn't a 9 and it was all bent under because he's no, so because huge? I kept seeing him over and over and I was like cuz I waited like for two or three drives before I was like, all right, that dude is definitely wearing 83. I've got to text Aaron and find out what's going on with that. See if I'm just seeing things. I'm like, how is there a guy wearing number 83 who's playing a, an inordinately large amount of downs on defense in any position? He must no have reported. no 80s on defense. He must have reported eligible. <laughs> <laughs> Every single play. I was figuring maybe he used to be a tight end and then he switched over to defensive end because they needed the help. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't root for the 49ers. I'm rooting for them this weekend, though, because they're playing the damn Seahawks, the team that has beat us three times in the playoffs in a row. I can't stand the Seahawks, dude. Well, they have all those nice NFC West banners. Dude, I can't believe they beat the Saints like that. I can. I can believe it. Because the yeah, Seahawks have with, a really good defense, dude. What was up with Colston not going out of bounds at the end of that game? Did you dude, guys see that? Yeah, I saw that. And Col- but the thing is, Colston, right before that, he caught a nice touchdown pass and took a big hit at the end of that. Right after that, he recovered the onside kick mm-hmm. and fell to the ground immediately. 
intelligently, and then he catches that pass, and everyone in the world is watching it, expecting him to go whoop and go out of bounds, and he turns around and throws that ball like five yards upfield. Yeah. the field. Forward lateral. Like, he, threw a, he threw a 40-yard pass Forwards. five yards upfield across the field. I was I saw that with the sound off, and I was like, why'd you just throw the game away, dude? Literally. And it, it so sucked because he, he did two great plays right before that. He caught a touchdown, recovered the onside kick. And then Dude. he did that, and what are you going to remember about him? The fact that, that he did that bonehead five-yard forward lateral. It wasn't even Saints, close. The refs were the looking Saints at him like, shoot. They had a shot to tie it up. They already got one two-point conversion on the game. They had a shot. They had a shot. Chargers had a shot. San Diego. Last couple of nights. Chargers. Chargers. I thought it was awesome that the Chargers made the playoffs the first year after they fired Norv Turner. Dude, you love Norv Turner. He was your favorite Redskins coach of the, of the dark ages. Those poor, poor fans of San Diego had to deal with Norv Turner for almost as long as we did. And that terrible GM they had, A.J. Smith. Oh, wait, he works in our front office now. Dude, who was the who was your favorite Redskins coach of the dark ages? Favorite Redskins coach, boy Norvell is is right up there. You know, favorite as favorite does in favorite to hate. No favorite of the Dark Ages. <laughs> I was like Norv of the Dark Ages. Norv uh, uh, Joe Gibbs two point Yeah, I would have to say that to you. Although that's kind of a cop out, dude. That's kind of a cop out, but. Your favorite okay, if, if you can't if you can't pick Norvell or if you can't pick Joe Gibbs 2.0. I know who I would pick if I can't pick him. I would pick Marty Schottenheimer. That's who I was going to say. As your favorite to hate? No, as no, my no, favorite as to favorite. like of the Dark Ages. Other than Gibbs 2.0. Yeah, you can't pick. And the Dark oh, Ages are anyone Zorn, since, since Gibbs. <laughs> Zorn. Do we still have that Zorn sound effect? No, Zorn. <laughs> Zorn. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound effect, dude? It was like some spacey thing. Dude, it sounded so fake. That I keep forgetting that we Zorn had Zorn because it was such a joke, dude. It was such a joke. <laughs> Who's Zorn the coach of the Washington Redskins? Jim Zorn. Zorn. <laughs> and it would be like, wow. Dude, do you guys remember those two, year, two years when Jim Zorn was a coach? It would be like some kid that's like born now, <laughs> like when he's like 60. There'd be like people like us, like you remember those two years when Jim Zorn was the coach, and they'll be like, "What are you talking about?" Who is Jim Zorn? <laughs> and they'll look in the record books and be like, "Oh, look, there was a dude named dude, Jim look, Zorn. Like, his name, was, his name was really Zorn." That dude knows about the Redskins, man. Look at that. Yeah, how did he do? Oh, he sucked. He was about as good as Jack Pardee. Exactly. I was gonna <laughs> say that. Yeah, I just said you got the screenshot. You need to check it out. Dude, Marty Schottenheimer, I think, went 8-8, eight and eight, didn't he? Schottenheimer, he started off bad, and he went 8-8, eight and eight and then got fired so they could bring in the old ball coach. Who sucked. Old Donald Duck lips himself. Anyway. Yeah. Where anyway. were we here? Let me look over here at the itinerary. Yeah. We was, uh, I think we oh, we didn't even talk play. about the Giants' loss. Whatever. It wasn't even like a real game. It was just like preseason game part two. Well, I got a text <laughs> from a buddy of mine. Aaron knows him. Uh, that is a a Packers fan, and he was like, it was during I think about one quarter into the Redskins Giants game, and he was like, this game is boring as s h i t. Who said that, dude? Ken. I thought Ken Somebody was a freaking Ken. Bears fan. No, he's a Packers fan. <laughs> I thought he was from Chicago. Ken, he's from Iowa. Cornfields. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cornfields. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of, you can tell Ken that my friend at work was at that Bears-Packers game where the Packers won in the last second. He was That pumped. was amazing. <clears throat> Man. But anyway, yeah, he was just like, and, he, and then I saw him a couple days later, and he was like, man, watching that game, Redskins game was so horrible. And then watching the Packers game afterwards was just, it was like, why did we have, you know, it was like the crappy warm-up act to like the best musical act you've ever seen, like the best band ever. 
I don't know. That kick heard around the world game was pretty good. Hey, dude. Well, you know, for him, he was a Packers fan. Oh, yeah. Dude, we're talking about Jim Zorn. I wanted to point something out. Zorn. What's he doing these days? He's in Kansas City coaching quarterbacks. But, dudes. Really? Yes. When Jim Zorn was the coach of the Redskins, if you guys will remember, think back like five years ago, because that's when it was. Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn ran an offense that produced four Pro Bowl starters. Name those starters? I can name them. Chris Samuels. Clint Portis finished in the NFL that year for rushing yards. Clint Portis, Chris Samuels. Second consecutive Pro Bowl appearance. He had 83 receptions that year. Chris Samuels earned his sixth Pro Bowl that year, making him the third most in franchise history. And then also the caveman Mike Sellers earned his. Yeah. Caveman. Dude, all I can remember about the caveman is that game we were at in Cincinnati where he fumbled on going over the goal line. Oh, I can remember all the good stuff. He did a lot more good than bad. Dude, talk amongst yourselves. I really got to go break the seal. <clears throat> well, let's take a break. Let's then, take a break shall right we? here. I'm running the break. Well, well then let's run it. it right now. All right. I'll try to break the seal in that amount of time. It's going to be Look close. Go. Oh, I can't. Right, we'll be on. right back after this commercial break. All right, we'll be back after this commercial break and after maybe a little bit after that. Is. You ready? All right. You're listening to Harry Hog Football. Please hang up and try again. In a world where Dallas fans roam the streets. In a world. And it's generally unsafe to look into the skies at night because you realize you're looking at stars. I only mention it because sometimes there's a man. The Redskins love it. I won't say a hero because what's a hero? But sometimes there's a man. Love the Redskins. And I'm talking about Desmond C. Lee. Oh, hell yeah. Sometimes there's a man. Well, he's a man for his time and place. Yep, that's Desmond. Thank you, Desmond C. Lee, 2013 benevolent sponsor of Harry Hogg Football. Desmond C. Lee 2 on Twitter because Desmond C. Lee 1 was already taken. Hey, dude, don't go away, man. Come on, this affects all of us, man. Our basic freedoms. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. That commercial you recorded for Desmond C. Lee is like the perfect amount of time for me to. All right, dudes, now that we're back and you've broken the seal, here's a bit of Redskins trivia here. Let's see if you can, uh, let's see if you guys can answer this. Is John back? He better be. I don't know what his excuse is. He didn't have John. to break the seal. John. John. Come on, man. We got some Redskins trivia. I need you to chime in on this. John. 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 John, get pop tops. John. John? John. He must be breaking the seal, too, without telling anyone. All right, dudes. Here's the question. In what direct capacity, by name, do the Washington Redskins have a direct connection to the Green Bay Packers? Um... In what capacity by name Packers? Um, I have no idea. They both have colors in their name. By name. Here's a hint, dude. They both have a name of a color in the name of their team. Here's a hint. Curly. Uh come on. Oh, the coach. Curly uh Q. 
you. <laughs> the coach of the Washington Redskins from 1952 to 1953 was none other than Curly Lambeau, as in Lambeau Field. Well, they also have uh, uh, Vince Lombardi as a coach, too. As in Lombardi Trophy? <coughs> as in they've held it three times. Anyway, John, John is John back. back yet? Yo, yo, dudes, I was looking for Booger. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Here. Jerome Booger's in the house? Jerome Booger is, well, he's in my house. Sick. Jerome! <laughs> Jerome. He's he in is, his... what can I do today? <laughs> Did you get him some donuts, John? Jerome. Dude, Jerome, why haven't you been, like, why haven't you been coaching? sitting in the kitchen eating damn donut holes. I couldn't get him in here. Jerome. What's up, dude? Get on over here. <laughs> Jerome. <laughs> Jerome, why didn't you referee any games this week hello gentlemen how are you today good how are you Jerome? yes i'm fine why where were you why weren't you uh reffing any games this week dude oh well the uh well there's there's still uh um did you did you gentlemen see that jeff triplett did a game last weekend yeah we didn't understand how he got a game and you didn't Yes. I'm a little confused about that myself. You know how Jeff and I go way back. That's right. That's right. How did I'm, that... a, I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little confused about that. Who made that decision? Ron Piera or whatever his name is? Ron Piera. <laughs> uh what's his name? Well, well, the dude on Fox that used to be a a referee, supposedly, well, but Mike he looks Pereira too slick. Mike a good friend of mine. Mike Pereira and I go way back as well. We we have many, many good, fine memories of uh, nights in Vegas as well. Um, Mike. Some of them even involve Jeff Triplett, but, <laughs> but we try not to think of those days anymore. Oh, okay. So is he, gentlemen, who's responsible? Jerry well, Seaman? We still have, we still have the, uh, we still have the uh, Pro Bowl coming up and the conference championships. And uh, I don't think I got the Super Bowl again this year, but hopefully I got me an AFC or an NFC championship game. We'll see. Or the Pro Bowl. You can go to Honolulu on that one. Yes, that would be nice. That that would be nice. Forget the championships where they're all cold when you can go to the Pro Bowl and be all warm. Yes, I do like those Polynesian women. And it doesn't matter if you mess up a call because, I mean, it's the Pro Bowl. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. As you like to say, no one's watching anyway. And what's up with Dion getting to pick a team? What is this noise? Well, I do believe it's it's, it's Neon Dion and Jerry Rice are the are the captains of the team, and they're doing it all playground style. Like I choose you. Like they're going to yeah, draft them. Yeah, they're going to draft, and it doesn't matter what what uh, conference you're in. They're just going to pick. It's going to be like shirts and skins. You know what would be funny though. Mm. It'd be funny if they had the dudes all line up against like the brick wall, and he's just like you, you, and then you get to see who gets picked last, and he's all like downtrodden about it. And you know it's gonna be like a long snapper or a kicker, <laughs> <laughs> or Philip Rivers. <laughs> yes. Well, Philip Rivers, that is one crazy man right there. That man is—he is a wild cowboy. I tell you what. <laughs> So I guess I myself will have to pull for Jerry Rice's team because I can't stand Neon Dion. Well, yeah, that is understandable. Uh, Dion's band is does does uh, well, well, yes. Well, how did it work? How did it work before? Wasn't it whoever won the AFC or the NFC got something? What did they get? Or is that in baseball? You're thinking of baseball, where if with the uh, National League or the American League, whichever league wins, the, uh, that team gets the home field advantage, which I think is stupid. All right, but so basically. Because, you know, that, that, that uh, uh, Roger Goodell, the dictator, 
He keeps trying to figure out ways to get rid of the Pro Bowl. He moved it to Miami one time, and that sucked. <laughs> Dude, Everyone's so wives and families were so mad that made the Pro Bowl because they didn't get the free trip to Hawaii. They just got to go down to Miami, especially Miami. the players from Miami. Yes, well, there were no players like from Miami on that team. Miami was really bad that year. Weren't they trying to do, like, a one-two punch and, like, have it the week before the Super Bowl so people could stay down there for, like, a whole week or something? Wasn't that the whole thing? Yes, they wanted to put it right in the middle in that two-week window instead of having it afterwards. Because everyone forgets about it afterwards? Yes, but it's it's kind of nice, especially if you're not the referee. Because you'd be lounging around on the weekend afterwards, and suddenly you just you you'd be lounging around on the couch, and your your ladies be coming by with drinks and like nachos for you, and you'd just be flipping channels on your remote control, and then suddenly, boom, Pro Bowl! Oh, oh, hey, there's the Pro Bowl! I forgot hey, all about this. I forgot all about the Pro Bowl. I guess I'll watch this for a minute. It sucks every year, but I'll watch it anyway. And next thing you know, boom, you just watch the whole three hours. I don't know if I've ever tuned into the Pro Bowl before the end of the first quarter because I always forget about it. Yes, that's the thing. Hey, Jerome, I'm up in yes. New York City today. Today, You want me to swing by and say anything to Roger Goodell or any of your uh, your friends over at NFL headquarters? Well, if you could let, tell him to let me know if I'm going to be in one of the conference championship games, if I need to pack my willies, or if I need to pack my lays, if you know what I mean. Where <laughs> am I going this weekend? I don't know, man, but I will. I will tell you this: I'm going to go visit the donut factory up here in New York, and I'll see what mm. I can do to send you some balls. Oh yes, that would be very nice. Some I like balls. balls. What's a ball? Is that like <laughs> a hole? Balls. Then donut holes. They call them balls up there, <laughs> up in New York City, Sick. especially in the village. <laughs> oh my! All right, Jerome. Well, I guess that about. Wraps it up. What do you think? Do we have any, like, questions for Jerome as far as uh, bad calls this week, or do we even really pay that close of attention? I don't know. Were there really any bad calls this week? I don't know. I think some players made some bad calls. We already talked about that. Oh, yeah, like that dude on the... Well, I think the NFL made a bad call by having Jeff Triplett call anything in the playoffs. Like the Basically. dude on the, like the dude on, was it the Chargers? Jeff Jeff Triplett can't call his mom without it being a bad call. Was it the dude on the Chargers oh. that like they, they stopped? Who was it that stopped the other team on third down at the end of the game, and then they like got a stupid penalty? I don't know. John will remember because I was he like, might. that was asinine. All right, Jerome. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Again, as always, for coming on. All right, I'll go get. I I hope so. I do like those leaves. I'm gonna go get John now. I don't want him to eat all them uh donut balls. I'll be back, or he'll be back in just. How many are left, dude? How many have you already eaten? How many balls have you? Oh, I've I've had lots of balls this evening. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, it's been nice talking to you this week. You need you need to do your podcast a little bit. Uh, you can't be taking three weeks between podcasts here. I know it's the off season, and you, you you're going to be going into the taint and everything. So you got to load gotta make it. You got to make it a maximum of two weeks. <laughs> two nice. weeks between those. Between kind of like two weeks between the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Three weeks is too long. All right, Jerome, have a that's good off season. If we don't talk to you, yes, gentlemen. It's been real. <laughs> All right, Drew. Take care, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jerome Booger, referee for uh, the National Football League. Hey, I wanna bring I wanna bring up this idea. Yeah, I left you some. John <laughs> Is John back? John. What was he worried? I was eating all those donut holes. Well, Dude, if you guys balls. Hey. Don't know what? He said you licked every ball down there before you got in. <laughs> hey. If you guys want to send in I'll some money, if you want to send in some money to um, Harry Hog Football just so that we can fund Jerome Booger's donut balls <laughs> habit every week, I mean, it's draining us of our fundage. That's so, true. Maybe actually get him a second mic here at uh, Harry Hog Football Studio East. You can uh, go to our website, and uh, there's a little PayPal donate button down on the left side hand of the, left-hand side of the screen. 
And that's on uh, harryhogfootball.com or .net, either way. And um, if you have a comment about the show, you give us a ring at 77-HARRY-HOG. All right, dudes, I want to throw something out to you guys and our listeners, and I want to see what kind of responses we get. This is a this is a what-if question. All right, if you're anything like me, which I know you guys are in this respect, you miss football when there is no football. Yeah, So, yeah. You know, football season ends, and you're like, oh, man, I got to wait until the next thing that happens is the draft, and then it's like mini camps, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like you got to wait till August before anything happens. It's like after the Super Bowl is over, and then next weekend you're like flipping channels, and suddenly, boom, Pro Bowl. Where the hell did that come from? You're like, at least it's some kind of football. At least it's it's something. something. But after that, it's dry, man. Nothing. There's like nothing. The taint so, of the off season, as we call so, it here at Harry. Then you have football. soccer and foot and best and baseball to get you through. Right. You have soccer and then and then baseball fires up. Yeah. So and basketball, what, I guess, yeah. and hockey. And then about the time you get tired of baseball, then it's football season again. Yeah, about two months in. <laughs> hey, Josh, sorry. <laughs> so here's my question. Just seriously yeah. contemplate this. Right. What if we changed it to not seventeen weeks? Like we like we already have. All right. What if we changed it to thirty four weeks? We play a game every two weeks. It allows the players to totally rest and be healthier in between, and it stretches the season out. Because I think I could tolerate two weeks between games. But See, I don't think so- anyone has ever thought of that, but that might be a good idea. Josh, you're thinking outside of the box, and I kind of like that. Because you would get healthier. You would get more players back. Players they wouldn't be all worn down. More, study more, work on their technique more. Prep for the game able, more. They'd prep for the game. They'd be healthier. And then we get 34 weeks of football in a regular season out of it. And then when you go into the playoffs, then we can go week to week. But for regular season, we could stretch this all. It'd be like NASCAR for football, man. I like that idea. Send it into the I, dictator. I kind of like that. I'm sure Roger Goodell and would snap and that you up. know what Goodell would add on to that. If you were doing every two weeks, he would add two more games, like he's always wanted to do. So then it would be 36 weeks of football. He would add two more games, but he doesn't want to play pay the players anymore. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. But he'd still add them, and then that would be 36 weeks. And then once you add the playoffs in, it'd it be, be like over 40, 40 weeks of football. You'd basically only have like three months off. But see, but then we could then you could do like the a no pads friendly touch game on on the weeks in between. It could be like, all right, we're doing a friendly this week, kind of like with you know <laughs> soccer. Well, you know, it'd be cool if we only had like a three month window. It'd be like that year we had the the lockout where it was like one month free agency. Bam, we got to do this and training camp and all this in like what five weeks or something like that. Go. No, you'd yeah. still have twelve weeks, dude. If it was only I know, but forty still, weeks, only twelve weeks to throw all that stuff together, dude. I'm saying that would be great. I'm saying let's start football in June and let's end it at the end of February. We got the draft in between. Put the draft in the coldest month of the year. No, dude. I think you need to end it in March. Make them play. Allow the cold March. weather. Allow for the cold weather. Yeah, play the whole winter long. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right shift it up then. Leave the summer for baseball. The winter than the summer. I think you don't want. I think yeah. you don't want people playing outside in Tampa Bay or Miami in July. Yeah, there'd be too All many right. deaths. Okay. All Plus, right. it allows for baseball, so you basically go straight from baseball in to football. Dude, True. so we play in. We play through April. I like that idea. Everyone out in Harry Hog Nation, tell us what you think about Josh's idea. Because I think it might be one of the greatest ideas he's ever had. That's true. (laughs) On Harry Hog Football. You can email us about that at redskinsfan at harryhogfootball.com. You could also tweet us at Harry Hog. It's H-A-R-R-Y, Hog. Or you can email Roger Goodell about how you feel about it at dictator at at nfl.com. (laughs) <laughs> at roger.goodell at nfl.com dictator.com <laughs> with a C and a K oh no he did alright dude dude does that about wrap it up 
I guess so. You know. It... Hey, next week we're gonna give our game balls and kicking the balls for the year. Yeah, we'll give them for the season, for the entire uh, past season games and kicks. We're not even gonna bother with them for the Giants game because who cares? Yep, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, let's give it to our. Uh... <laughs> give it. To... Let's hear it for our benevolent sponsors. Let's hear it for our sponsors. Desmond Seeley, Desmond Seeley on Twitter, and uh, Devin. Devin, North Carolina, I believe at UNCG, go Spartans. Um, for moving our servers. Who is moving us to, helping us move to the server. Thanks, dude. And um, it'll be at least three years before the Eagles have as many Super Bowl wins as the Redskins. That's true. For the Giants. And what else? Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hail to the Redskins. And if you see a Cowboys fan. And don't forget, we do go year-round, even though we take a week off here or there. And if you see a Cowboys fan, you know what to do. Three years in a row, last game of the year, got a chance to go to the playoffs. And what happened? You lost Joko! Joko. better than me.